It is three and out on this Friday. Glad you're with us here on the show. So much to get to. Here's we count you down towards Braves baseball. A little bit earlier start today as the Braves are in South Florida. They'll take on the Miami Marlins. Braves, again, we talked about it late yesterday on the show. Do not play a team over 500 for the next month. So today is May 20th. The next team they are scheduled to play that is currently over 500 is June 20th. So you need to make up some ground here. You're eight games behind the Mets entering tonight, half game behind the Marlins. Uh, in the standings, of course, the Mets have three of their starting five on the IL. So no, we just found out yesterday Max Scherzer is going to miss six to eight weeks. So things looking up, hopefully, for the Braves with a little bit easier schedule and some trouble ahead of them. Bryce Harper out uh, for the Phillies for a, a little bit of time as well. So some things ahead of you are definitely going in your favor. you got to take advantage of it. While you can, but Ben, uh, a lot to get to in terms of college football. We're 100 days out, and yesterday, that's all anybody wanted to talk about was, you know, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and uh, who we made the. I didn't know we had a czar of college football. Did you? I mean, I paired Jimbo said we we've made him the czar of college football. Oh, 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 some, oh somebody got there. So, I already got the shirts. Shirt, yeah, yeah. Shirts printed. Yeah, I'm sure Nick's gonna have one on the sideline. I am the czar <laughs> of college football. That, what what if he wore that? Like I would do that pregame just as a joke. I mean. Assuming him and Jimbo maybe patch things up. Like, could you imagine pregame if Nick is out on the field during warmups with a shirt that says, I am the czar of college football? And be doing <laughs> and out like there talking do, to do like a discount double check like, yeah, like, uh, like hey, Jimbo. Aaron Rodgers. I was Jimbo, like, right here. But that's all anybody was talking about there. Then today, you get Deion Sanders weighing in saying, look, why are you saying my guy's getting a million dollars? I don't even make a million dollars. Why would I have a guy uh, that, that, that plays making more money than I make? The coach, uh, Deion, you played in the NFL, right? Like most of those guys make more than the coach. But I know this is collegiate athletics, but Deion Sanders been weighing in. Uh, you know, everybody at this point is like, I think basically doing the, hey, quit talking about my program, even though, you know, everybody's doing things. And as uh, somebody pointed out, quietly, while Nick and Jimbo are yelling at each other and Deion's, you know, yelling at both of them, the very thing they're all talking about just happened in front of everybody's face. And Jordan Addison left a ACC champion program. Come on. A program that produced Larry Fitzgerald. Come on, you, you could argue Aaron Donald, maybe the be, yeah the best defensive lineman, Reedus, one of the best. Uh, Ty uh, Law. Yeah, uh, coming out of the program, and he goes to Southern Cal, where it is reported he's already got about three million dollars worth of NIL set up. Oh, but you're not supposed to do well. Obviously, it's not signed yet. You can't negotiate NIL. Well, obviously, nobody nobody did that, right? It was all on the up and up. He goes and uh, and and is going to play there. Uh, for this next season. So, Ben, it's kind of a lot of things happening here in the last 24 hours that one, coaches are pointing out, coaches getting defensive of their programs, and we're seeing what everybody's worried about, which is a great player at a school he probably otherwise would have no business leaving. I say no business. I mean, again, you are free to move. But under most circumstances, Ben, winning program, won the ACC, you have a five-star quarterback coming in uh, to, to play for your program, your coach isn't going anywhere, you're the the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Why would you leave? You're in a very obviously successful situation. Gone. And so uh, again, it's it's one of those things where I think that's what coaches worry about. Hey, I develop a guy. It's not all. I we develop a guy. He plays for us, and then uh, whenever it comes time to cash in, they dip. Not for the NFL, mind you, but for another college program. 
that may be working behind the scenes to uh, to get him away from us. Quite a 24 hours, needless to say. Yeah, Kevin. And look, if you are if you are college football, you are loving it because I think sometimes we we uh look, we shape narratives when it, we shape narratives when it comes to the media and when it comes to the people that we cover. We talk about people that move the needle. Isn't it ironic that the last time? Okay, Deion Sanders kind of provoked Nick Saban the last time because, you know, he's at a conference. Somebody called him Deion. He said, you don't call Nick Saban. Saban or Nick, you call him coach. Like, well, we do call him, you know, Coach Saban or, or Nick or whatever. This time, Nick Saban is invoking Deion. <laughs> Saying, hey, man, they gave a kid a million dollars. Now, obviously, Coach Saban is going on the apology tour. But, Kevin, this time, look, we create our own headlines, right? And, and when it comes to sports, they create their own headlines. When Nick Saban speaks, everybody's listening. Somewhere right now, Miami basketball head coach is talking about his play. <laughs> Obviously, Deion Sanders was talking to a bunch of people yesterday about his program with Travis Hunter and what they're trying to do. Jimbo Fisher got a lot of frustration out yesterday. Not just his program was calling, giving people names. But that, I mean, and, but like I said, this is what I think is is, is is where people are like, good for Deion for firing back. I would say, do people not, I mean, if I'm Deion, the same reason everybody's looking at Texas A&M, the way they're looking at Texas A&M is the same reason you're looking at Deion and Jackson State. Texas A&M's had good recruiting classes. Yeah. But they went from four or five to number one and number one with a bullet, right? I mean, it was like they were number one by every metric possible, and it wasn't even close. Best recruiting class they've ever had. Best recruiting class anybody's put together in the history of tracked recruiting classes, basically, in the in the last 20 years or so. So people are going, well, how did that just all of a sudden happen? And they're saying the same thing, I think, in applying it to, to Jackson State when you say, look, are we saying that Travis Hunter didn't want to go to an HBCU? I'm not saying he didn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. All anybody else is saying is that prior to NIL deals being available, not a single top player in the country went to an FCS school. And I'm not singling out Jackson State. I'm, a, I'm Wofford, North Dakota State, you name one. Not a single top player in the country went to the FCS. NIL happens, and he does. So you have to, if you're Dion, you can't say, well, they just don't want us to have success. No, I think it's just a, it's a to me, a, a, at least, I'll say it is. It's Kevin's opinion, Ben, you have to, to me, is at least a reasonable thing to ask. Come on. The number one player in the country Come on. went to an FCS school. Come on. That's never happened before. Is it that the whole, How did you, that's and that's it ain't just because, well, he wants to play for Coach Prime. Like, and again, I love Dion. We have a certain person that's on this show with us that really loves Coach Prime. Is Dion? Is he like, hey, he wants to play? He wants to get coached by the best DB ever to do it. Is the coaching Dion's going to give him better than the coaching? Significant? I will say better. I want, maybe it is better. Is it significantly better than the coaching you would get at Georgia, Ohio State, at Alabama, at Texas, at any big time programs that I'm sure he got an offer from? So I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, Jimbo. How'd you get the number one class all of a sudden? You didn't win the SEC. You didn't win the national championship. Now you had the best class ever. Perfectly reasonable to turn around and then look at Deion Sanders and go, Deion, a top player in the country has never gone to an FCS program ever. How, was it just pure luck? You had a better recruiting pitch? I mean, like, what is it? I think that's a perfectly reasonable question to at least throw out there without, you know, saying they cheated or anything. I'm just saying, but well, yeah. it's a perfectly reasonable question to say, Deion, that's never happened. Ever. It just you, doesn't and, happen. And, like, and the thing is, Kevin, listen, you make you bring up a great point. This let's just go ahead and put something out there. Nobody cheated. Cause I, cause what'll happen is 
when Nick Saban says <laughs> things, right, the problem is we only hear the sound bite. We don't come back for the apology. We say, all right, hold on, hold on. This all got started because Texas a and way back Way back in February, what a number one recruiting class in the country. And for those who think, well, where did Alabama fit? Alabama fit is a distant second. They were number two. By all accounts, it was a distant second. Yeah, but, yeah, now, but I will say this. It's great for everybody involved because now that's attention on your school. Jackson State is Jackson State's budget is less than what Nick Saban makes a year, Right? Texas A&M has oil money when it comes to their boosters. So it's so basically what Nick Saban was really saying, hey, Alabama boosters, uh, in a not so, you we need, know. We need more cash. We need more cheese, <laughs> right? Like we need, Because this is the thing, right? When you talk about college athletics, you got two different perceptions going on. Well, Texas A&M is in the same perception, you know, uh, uh, category as Alabama. Notice I said perception and not reality. The reality of it is, Texas A&M not going to win the national championships. But if I look like I'm putting the pieces together to do it, then that may, okay, okay, you don't believe me? When when uh, Kirby Smart first got to Georgia, he said, look, man, I want to take what Mark Rick did and take it to another level. And it paid off. Nick Saban been doing it, I mean, so many times we've gotten used to him doing it. It becomes who could be the Alabama. Jackson State, what it does for Jackson State is a Deion Sanders can say, hey, it might not be boosters I'm using to help me because I don't got the same level of money, but companies that want to come and help us get, because I saw Jackson State, they got new locker rooms, right? The new thing with the locker rooms is that when the lights are off, they got like lights inside the locker. Like, I don't know who, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but they got, they, they, got, they got new training rooms. They got a new field. So I do think, Kevin, at the end of the day, I think, it's going to end up being well for everybody involved, even though I don't really know about Miami basketball like that. We all know Travis Hunter ain't went to Jackson State just because Deion there. I don't know what he got. But at the same time, he got something. Listen, he got something. People go, how you know he got something? He got new teeth. You don't believe me? <laughs> when, when Travis Hunter first got, to, when he first got there, them pearly whites ain't like they looking now. People are like, man, who cares about new teeth? He does, right, because he got them. So all I'm saying is I'm not mad. Let me and Kevin say we are not mad for Travis Hunter going, you know, to uh, HBCU. What we are saying is Hugh Jackson is the head coach of Grambling. Eddie George is the head coach of TSU. But if you beat Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, why ain't they get a trip? Oh, I'm just saying it's coincidental that the guy who's been there the least amount of time gets the number one recruit in the country. And I'm not mad at him. So everybody's making the point. Basically, Alabama boosters, y'all know what y'all got to do. Texas A&M, whatever y'all did this year, go ahead and double that <laughs> for 2023. And if you're a Jackson State man, take the good publicity because at the end but of the I day, mean, the goal is talking about But then you, I mean, you were, you were talking about this where, you know, and people talk about the financial divide in college football where you were saying, hey, you were listening to Billy Napier talk about it. And he was like, look, it's going to get to the point where you're talking about it's going to take more money in these recruiting deals because you're going to have to know that while you can't do it until they're signed, wink, wink, I think that's the big... You're going to have to have $10, $20 million to possibly have in a situation where, hey, we want the number one, we want the number one recruit at cornerback. Okay, we have Florida. Well, here's what, we, here's what we have. You don't think, even though Billy Napier or Kirby Smart or Mark Rick's not supposed to say it, the, the recruit's not going to say, hey, if I... If I come there, what are the NIL opportunities? 
Mm. Not, hey, it's already done. I mean, there's ways to ask, you know, hey, what are, what are the NIL opportunities for me if I come there? Well, mm-hmm. we believe there may be some opportunities in this range. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? So, so, so well, I, 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 there, there's some well, of those things. Hey, Kevin, you just said, he, 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 think about that. If they said, recruit say, what are the NIL opportunities? You go, and this, and this is what happened. You got two adults talking to a, a young man's parents. So the guy he's talking to is in the front. The guy who makes the decisions behind him. So he asks a question. Uh, he looks. At, he he kind of looks at him. And go. I think we can get like a a car or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, a car. Um, because I, because it's the thing, Kevin. If you are these schools that can do the thing, you are in the same perceptual reality as Alabama, Texas, M, Texas, Ohio State. So even if you weren't doing it, you better get to doing it because they walking in saying, "Hey man, you know what they ask recruits." Why do you think locker rooms look real similar? Because they ask, hey, man, what kind of locker room? Man, they got this right here. Oh, they got this on. Really? Somebody just like, yes, yeah, we're going to add that. Machines. Okay. Like, here you go. I remember when Florida didn't have an indoor facility. They got it. I remember Florida didn't have a standalone uh, football facility. They're getting it. Why? Because they got to look at it. Before they say a word, like, ooh, people got to be going, ooh. And for those of you who've never been to a quote, and I, this, I'm just, I've been to a five-star hotel. Like, I ain't pay for it. They got comp. But I, <laughs> But, I, but, but, I, but I've been to one, Come right? On, yeah. hey, hold on, hold on. Think about this, okay, Kevin. Hold on, think about this, okay, Kevin. Five-star hotels ain't the same as two-star. I don't care what you say. It's different. People go, what makes a five-star different? How about 24-hour room service? What? 24. I can anytime you want something to eat. Everything's I'm, nice. And yeah, I, it is nice, but at the end of the day, Kevin, this is this is, this is is a numbers race, and, and certain people ain't going to be able to be in it, but if you are Dion, it's about getting you know a top recruit every year. He got to maintain that. Travis Hunter got to, got to pan out, but if you are Alabama, I mean, without NIL, wink, wink, because I don't care what he said. You yeah. ain't getting the number two without no – man, please. <laughs> you ain't getting number two without – you know. But uh, at the same time, Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks, uh, Henry Tolatola, that's not even counting, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, Bryce, man, you know what you got to do if you're Alabama. But uh, shout out to everybody getting mentions. When the GOAT mentions your name, you must be doing something. Yeah, we've got more to come here. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you on this Friday. Braves and Marlins coming up 525. We'll have uh, pregame coverage for you here this afternoon. We are 100 days away from the start of the college football season. Ben, and obviously a lot of folks talking NIL, talking about, you know, how do you keep financial Parody. I don't even know if we're, when when people say that it's like, hey, obviously, it's going, I, when I say financial parity, I don't think everybody's like, hey, everybody gets a hundred mil. I think people are like, hey, it's got to be at least somewhat closer <laughs> to the same stratosphere. Otherwise, you just won't uh, be able to uh, really compete in much of anything. I think uh, at the end of the day, but we'll get to that in just a minute. We have got a couple of comments, uh, folks, watching there on uh, Facebook. Uh, Stephen Given saying, uh, hey, the can on NIL is open and it will never be the same again. I understand that. And I think that's what a lot of people who like the sport of college football, look at it and say, it's not so much that the guys are getting paid. I think it's that it's the overtness with which it is happening, and it's not necessarily like, hey, we want to use your name and image likeness as much as it is. It's the, the the payments that were being made in the dark are now being made in the open in the name of some kind of marketing deal that may or may not actually exist. We're just handing out money, and people, as Matt Smith said yesterday, look, hey, that's my school, man. They, they're, they're there because they love the Gators. They love the Bulldogs. They love, that's what people want to believe, whether it's true or not. All right, Ben, this is, and, then, and then Steve brings up another interesting question here on Facebook. He said, what do the guys that aren't getting paid on the team have to say about all this? Because I understand, people understand, hey, DJU starting quarterback at Clemson. But when he getting $2 million, and you see a couple other guys maybe getting two, 300000 and as you said, not everybody is getting something. There are some schools where everybody's getting a little something. 
How does that play in the locker room? Because at least I, I would imagine NFL, okay, that's his contract. I wanted a better contract, but at the end of the day, I didn't play well enough. My position doesn't warrant that. I got as best a deal as I could get for myself. I negotiated that. He negotiated his. You're all there on scholarship, supposedly trying to do work towards the same goals. How does that play in the locker room? And I know we saw like JT Daniels and some guys yeah. last year say, hey, I'm giving my teammates a cut, yeah. which nobody's making them do. But yeah. that ought to tell you that potentially there could cause rift in the locker room, that you feel compelled to even do that uh, sometimes. But how do you think that plays 17 to 22-year-olds where a couple of guys are in there going, man, I'm, I'm on a team, I'm third string, I'm happy to be here. I, I too, would like a few dollars. And, you know... My quarterback's getting two mil. Mm-hmm. My receiver's getting a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And where does that leave me? Is there? Do you think there's jealousy in it, or are most guys at that age going, "Hey, get what you can get. It is what it is." I mean, how do you think that's playing? Last season probably doesn't matter. As this thing goes forward, how do you think this plays around in the locker rooms? I, I do think it's some um, some jealousy and envy, but I but I don't think it's any more than it already goes on when it comes to players. Uh, when it talks about competition and playing time, I think you got to give these athletes this much credit. I've been to the, if I'm at if I'm at school X and I understand how this school goes and I understand that we have these opportunities. Kevin, you said this and I and I believe in it. The perception of NIL is not the reality of NIL. The perception is NIL. We all can get money. Well, are you a brand? Meaning, you take Jordan Addison. If I'm at Pitt and I'm going to USC, if I'm at USC, how did he get 3.5? He's a Blitnikoff winner. Yeah, but uh, uh, uh. So whatever I say about him, you got to counter it with something you do with you. Well, I'm a, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. He's considered the best receiver returning in college football, right? I will say, though, as a player that was in these locker rooms, you got to look at your level of importance on the team you own. You got to look at your level of importance or level of influence on the team you own, and you got to ask yourself if there is a collective, which it's going to be hard to not find a collective at certain at every school now. Go reach out to the people in the collective, and see what they can get for you. Because at the end of the day, right, no matter what another player gets, it doesn't it doesn't affect me. I'm not him or I'm not her. I got to ask myself, what do I get for me? As much as we all think that we are, you know, a major commodity when it comes to these. You know, schools and universities, you're not. Now, when I say you're not, I mean you might not be to the level that you think you are. When I'm talking about the thing about the NIL, Kevin, it's, it's look, no matter what, no matter what, 75% of it is a school you're going to until you take the other 25. I'll give you 25 from just you. I'll give you that. School is 75. How do I get another 50%? Jordan Addison took another 50%, 25%. Because he added a Bolitnikov and also an ACC championship, but he also had Kenny Pickett. Kevin, you mentioned that Pitt got a, a five-star coming in. Yeah, I don't want to put my talent here. I'd rather go out there with a the guy, Caleb Williams, who I've seen what he does at Oklahoma. NILs is a is a this NIL is a is a fantasized type, you know, you 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 know, utopian type way of thinking. It's not for everybody. It took me, and I and I mean this wholeheartedly. I got to be a headliner, aka a focal point my senior year. I could not have handled that my first three. I could not have handled it. Because, Kevin, it's one thing to play well. It's another thing to Matt Ryan. You got to play well. Coach pulling, Coaches don't know about the play. Coaches pulling me to the side saying, man, we need you today, man. We need What? That's regardless of who's on that defense. We need you. 
That's it. That's the conversation. Hey, man, we, you got one for us today? All right. So with that, well, this is what I got to do. I got to be on the front cover of magazines. I got to do the interviews after, after practice. I got to be walking away from practice, people pulling out cell phones, chasing me down. Hey, Ben, they on the phone. Hello? I've had no media training, and I was a headliner. Kevin, how many headliners are at schools? It ain't many. NIL guys get, uh, quote, headliners, right? Whether it's perceived or not. We know who Jordan Addison is, one, because we cover in the ACC, and two, because he's a Blitnikoff winner. Who's the second best receiver in college football? We don't know. Think about that. We know who <laughs> Jameer Gibbs is because we covered ACC. He was a four, five, four or five-star receiver. Running, running back, back yeah. going, going to Georgia Tech. Now he's going to Alabama. Who's the, who's the best running back returning to the ACC? We don't know. So the thing about NIL is you're saying to yourself, all right, even if the people at the USC don't know nothing about Jordan Addison, he's a Blitnikoff winner. That's, they can sell that. Hey, man, he was the best receiver. They can sell that. Who was that? Oh, that's Jordan Smith. He plays receiver. It's a difference. And, Kevin, we know it's a difference. If your name, oh, I would say this, if they don't recognize you without the helmet, they don't know you. Think about that. If they don't know who you are, they're going, I think that. Why do you think Patrick Mahomes do so many commercials with his helmet off? Tom Brady do commercials <laughs> with his helmet off. Because I want you to know me and not even know what I do. That's Patrick Mahomes. What do he do? I, I don't know. I, he always got Kansas City on the out. Think about that. So NIL is a, is a microcosm. If they can't sell you, they can, if they can't make money off you when you're there, you're not going to make much money when you're there. And that's, and that's right, wrong, and different. So NIL, look at it. Look! Look! I, I, know, I know we focus on like the the million dollar things, and I know you've talked about some of these collectives. It's not even like, hey, it's hundreds. For some, it's like, hey, it's five, ten grand uh, to to certain student athletes. Could you see some of that? Like, hey, I'm not good enough to get five grand for somebody. Uh, and they say, I mean, you are, that's you one of. The, well, you, but, but well, I mean, you, that's what I'm saying. But does that cause potential now, now, uh, a rift me, in there? To when me, that's you, more where the bickering comes on because at the end of the day, if you say I can't get nothing. <laughs> like, cause, I mean, cause, 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 I understand that. It, Hold on, because when you think about it, right? All right, take me for example. I'm a former player, has been, been out of college a long time. I work with the Gators Collective. I do, I do my podcast, 84 Reasons, that I do every Sunday, right? You don't think other former players don't reach out to me and ask me, how did I do that? How did you do that? What they're really saying, how, why the hell did they pick you? I'm not like, well, <laughs> and in a sense, in a sense, this is what I had to realize. If Billy Napier is walking through the football facility, he ain't asked the football players, and he ain't asked the football coaches. He's up there in the media department. Hey, man, y'all, do Ben work with y'all? Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, he worked with us, you know. So I'm not a Johnny-come-lately. Like, I do this for a living, thank God. Thank BJ and Kevin for that. <laughs> so in a sense, right, think about that. Me being a former player wasn't enough. My resume had to fit what I'm doing, not just that I want to do it. But what if I – oh, man, he was a former player. At Florida? Yeah. <laughs> It's a bunch of those, right? So we cancel each other out. Think about this. What is it about you that can sell to companies? Not merchandise, not hot dogs, right? Not merch, not, not tickets. Jordan Addison can sell in L.A. Because right now, no matter how you feel, the, two, the three best receivers in the, city of, in, in the state of California, right, is Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Jordan Addison. That's the three best, Right? And Keenan Allen, I'm sorry for Keenan Allen. Okay, so you I'm sorry, Keenan. but but at the same time, Kevin, those are pros. Guess what? Guess well, what? If you're getting two point three million, you're probably pretty close to being a pro. I mean, I listen, guess. and at the end, of the people go, "Why three point five? Because uh, three point five in California ain't what it used to be." <laughs> but hey, I'm happy for Jordan Addison. I just think that Jordan Addison serves as what could be 
But somebody goes, hey, man, if you can reach that level, you might get 3.5. I would like to be in a spot where I could say, you know, that 3.5, it just doesn't stretch like it I used mean, to. I mean, Kevin, it ain't going to be what it, you know, I, I said hopefully, I know. He, hopefully he can keep his, uh, you know, uh, Pennsylvania address and save <laughs> some of this money. <laughs> We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. We'll talk more football. Falcons coming up on some mini camps, first of uh, June. Is there going to be a quarterback Uh-oh. competition in Atlanta? We'll break it down. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're with us. We've got a PGA Championship update. Uh, Rory was in the lead. Uh, I think slid back now is in, uh, in second. Let's you know where Tigers. John Daly also playing well. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But the Falcons and minicamps coming up. I know uh, we talked about the craziness over Desmond Ritter after rookie minicamp. And now, you know, the debate amongst fans like, well, well what if, if Desmond Ritter looks good and it's close? Ben, you got you to go with him, right, over, over Marcus Mariota if it's close. It's not going to be close, right? I mean, it's not. And, and, I, and I think Arthur Smith, to me, gave a a pretty strong indication about where his his mindset is when he said, "Don't come at me about tanking and trying to lose games." I don't understand. Why. And while it may not be on purpose, I'm sorry if you put Desmond Ritter out there right now, you're not going to win games. You and I and I don't say that about him. I would say that to the Titans if you put Malik Willis out there. I would say that to anybody who's going to put a first year quarterback out there in the first two or three weeks of the season. I mean. Again, Joe Burrow, don't come at me with maybe the exception. He won a few games and then got hurt, and then year two, what happened? But most of the time, even Mac Jones had his struggles uh, and probably has a better roster than the Falcons have, uh, obviously. So if you put Desmond Ritter out there against this schedule with this roster, you're going to struggle, right? You're, 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 you're signing up to lose games. You're not going to lose all of them, but you're signing up to lose games, and Arthur Smith made that very clear the other day that we're not out here to tank. We're out here to win. We're out here to create a culture of winning. So I don't expect Desmond Ritter to be out there unless Mariota gets hurt or, you know, it's, it's week 10, 11, 12, and he has clearly made some significant progress uh, from rookie status. I just can't see him beating out Marcus Mariota in training camp leading up to the season, preseason leading up to the season. If it happens, I will be very, very surprised. It's not going to happen. And, 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 and once again, I get these narratives. You know, we, got these, we got these similar narratives, right, when it comes to, you know, uh, nobody really, nobody really liked the the Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, pick up when uh, Arthur Smith and uh, Terry Fontenot and company brought him in. Desmond Ritter, because he was quote supposed to be a first round talent, late first round, early second round, win the third round, you know. And obviously, Kevin, since that rookie minicamp, my God, did you see those throws? Did you see <laughs> him and Drake London and what they did? No, no. Let me say this again. I mean, you were probably a pro bowler against air, right? Oh, my I mean, God. I'm trying to tell you. I said, all you hear is, whoo, for the way he, but it doesn't mean anything, right? It's, I will say this. You don't want Desmond Ritter to be in for two reasons. One, you you don't need to be because he needs to learn the game. And two, you don't want to kill his confidence. You don't want to get a guy in, and by the time he's ready to play, he's seeing goals. He's seeing 13 guys out there. Marcus Mariota. We know what that looks like, Sam Darnold. Right? Oh, yeah. Marcus Mariota is fighting for this NFL, uh, you know, life as far as, like, being a starter again. He's not. Now, let me say this, too. We act as if Marcus Mariota can't be a long-term, you know, uh, answer for the, for the Falcons. We don't know how good he is. We don't know how well he's going to play. And it's not like his roster is just like, oh, my God. It's not like New Orleans that's went out there and signed Jarvis Landry, right? Um, you know, uh, Tyron Matthew. To go along with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and so on and so forth. With Drew Brees waiting in the wings saying he might want to play again with Tom Brady and company. But I will say, it's funny how fast we fall in love with Ricky's at quarterback. Woo! Man, that that kid Desmond, man. I, 
listen, go back and watch the tape of Cincinnati. Go back and watch, you know, it's Ricky Minicamp and really and really look at what you really understand what you're looking at. Now, do you want Desmond Ritter to be up to speed? Yes. Do I want him to look good? Yes. I don't mind him, quote, making it look close. But making it look close in practice ain't making it look close. You're going up against the same defense every day. You're looking at their tendencies. That ain't Tampa Bay. That ain't that ain't New Orleans. That ain't Carolina. Right? That ain't the Cowboys. That ain't Jalen Ramsey. So practice is a very, very, very dangerous. Practice is where you prove, in the words of the great Keith Bullock, every day in football is an audition. You audition to be in the show on Sunday. You want to make the throws in practice. Good job. But when them live bullets get to firing, that's what it is. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Who you think can handle the best? Marcus Mariota. You think with all the different things that go through one play, Listen, man, we're going to listen. Listen, we got to, you know, we're going to, we got to run the play to the right. You know, we're going to check out that. If they go one high, we're going to check out if they go to two high. Desmond Ritter couldn't even get the play out. Desmond Ritter is trying to, how many times you think Desmond Ritter finna check it? Unless that offensive coordinator is saying, check it, check it, check, check. But that's somebody in his ear. Can he do it? Can they do it when when the mic goes out? It's a lot that goes into quarterbacking. That's why. The best in the world, stay the best in the world. And the ones that's okay, they all right. So I do think, look, I want Desmond to play. I do want him to play well. I do. I want him to look good in the preseason. But, Kevin, Mac Jones had the best rookie season last year for all rookies. He also had Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, right? He also had probably one of the most stable organizations in the National Football League. How does Zach Wilson do? How did Trevor Lawrence do? How did Justin Fields do? They didn't even let Trey Lance play. It is once the rookie come in, once the rookie come in, all the veterans go. The rookie coming in, uh, cause we know, we look at if the vet ain't hurt, we thinking that's because it's gonna. Everybody goes through growing pains. So for me, Desmond, hey man, rooting for you. But Marcus Mariota, mentor the young man, make sure he knows the playbook. But I mean, and, and I get, thing, and, 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 I, and I get, and, and I get here's another thing. Yeah. Felipe Franks. I mean, can Felipe potentially be the number two? Because when you're being honest, you kind of don't want Desmond to be the number two. You want him to be the number three. That way, you don't got to worry about it. But isn't that hurt. a perception thing? Like if it you is. drafted him in the third round and he's it the is. third string quarterback, it it, it you're going to be it like, is. but at the same time, hey, you I, got beat out by I an unsigned want my third free. string quarterback being my look team quarterback. I want him to get beat, 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 uh, oppose the team's quarterback for the defense. And I want to throw him in. Because this is what people, let me help you guys understand something. Let me tell you how practice go in the National Football League. The starters get all the plays. What? All of them. So during the week, if you're not a starter, you, if you're not a starter or a backup for, like, certain positions, you ain't getting no burn. <laughs> like, that's what people don't get. Like, it's, when, when I'm a rookie and, and the real season started, I wasn't a starter. It was Aaron Kenny. Then Shad Maya. I was number three. So you had the practice squad players, and I was the practice squad tight end, even though I played. I'm on the active roster. I'm helping the defense get ready. And I had to know the offensive playbook. And I was a backup to the backup. <laughs> Check this out. I was the backup. I was the backup backup. That's what, that's what I was. I was yeah. number three. But I was second-round pick, so they can't cut me. I was the first pick of the team, so they can't cut me. You know, perception. They can't, they can't do that. <laughs> but check this out. Going Playing Minnesota, my coach knocks on the door. He says, hey, it was just me and another tight end, me and uh, Aaron Meyer. Because Aaron Kenny was already hurt with his knee, so we're only down to two. He knocks on my door. He says, hey, listen, um, the starting tight end, uh, you know, the starting tight end, Shad, Shad, he, 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 had, he had to get his appendix taken, his appendix burst, so it's just you tomorrow. What the hell? I mean, have a good night. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. 
I played Minnesota one time in my career in Minnesota. I in my rookie year, I did not have a backup. I have never been that tired in my <laughs> life. Corey Chavis, who played at Vanderbilt, was jamming me at the line, and all I'm doing is fighting him. I'm not moving my feet because I'm tired. So all I'm saying is I I understood the playbook. And I understood what I had to do. But at the same time, Felipe needs to fight Desmond to be the number two because Desmond going to be there. And at the same time, too, Kevin, what, how does Desmond? How does Desmond really have one rookie practice hey, if it's close? If it's close with what? <laughs> like, like what? What are we? Drake London is going to be yeah. on the team. Uh, Desmond Ritter is going to be on the team. I think they're good talents, but let's not kid ourselves. If rookies are starting day one, what that's is not it, good. It, for it, well, no, but it is a bad roster. I understand that, but I mean, uh, I think people say, "What difference does it make?" This team is tough when it comes to the uh, the, the, the talent standpoint, but. My whole thing is for development and otherwise, yes. I, I think Arthur Smith has told you, we're not about taking. We're not about trying to get which draft I, picks. Which I, which I more than respect. I understand. So he's like, we're in a transactional league. Who's to say if we get the third pick, it's not going to get traded. So, look, I appreciate him coming out saying we're not trying to lose games. That's ridiculous. Well, and the, the way I see it, if Desmond Ritter's out there, you're probably making the case at least through the first half of the season, you're not trying to win games, right? He may get better as the season goes on, but, I mean, outside of Mac Jones, name me a rookie quarterback that outside of getting reps and getting experience did a whole lot of winning. It's hard to do it. I mean, people say Trevor Lawrence had a pretty solid, all things considered, rookie season. Solid. He won three games. They still had not have the number one pick. So, I, 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 again, Go with the guy that's played in the league, Marcus Mariota. As Ben said, make it close in practice. It's not really close uh, when it comes game time. And, again, I like Desmarais. I thought that was a heck of a pick. I thought it was a steal. Actually, when they said it, and the Falcons take, because I thought once it got to the third round, they're like, oh, they're going to hold out and just build roster depth and get a quarterback maybe next year. I mean, Desmarais, I mean, I mean, I'm like, I mean, yeah. oh, that's a steal. I mean, I that mean, was a steal. So he may end up being the guy. I don't want to get misconstrued. You say, hey, you think Desmond Ritter stinks. No, I just don't think he should be starting. Not now. He shouldn't. You know, I, if he's the quarterback of the future, let's let's work on that. Right? I mean, there are worse things to do. Look, I, we could go out and give examples back and forth. Would you rather Desmond Ritter be like Blaine Gabbert? Well, he was going to sit. I remember the Jags saying, Blaine Gabbert's going to sit all year. Week three, he was out there. Would you rather be, and again, oh, God, I hate to even say this. Should I just not say it? Say it. Say it. I mean, <laughs> different court. There's a guy in Green Bay who sat. It did. It seemed to work out okay. Well, hold on, hold on. But when I say that, I hold know hold what on, people this, just this, heard, this, 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 and I'm, I'm not saying on, this, that. This, this, I'm not saying that. But, but, but for those people that are thinking, look, look, when you, when you, start, when you start talking about Trevor Lawrence started game one, right? Trevor Lawrence had to deal with Urban Meyer. A bad roster and everything uh, else. Yeah. A bad roster, Tim Tebow, Chris Doyle, <laughs> uh, uh, Trent Baalke, right? All this stuff. They had the number one overall pick two years in a row, right? The Jets had the fourth pick, right? And they had the tenth pick, right? They had two first-round picks. No, they had three and Jermaine Johnson. Don't think like, oh, uh, and I will say this to the fans. Do you want Desmond Ritter stricken because he with the Falcons? Because I wouldn't hear nobody talking about No, 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 no. You want Desmond Ritter because he's just not Marcus Mariota. Right, you want a veteran that's been in the league that understands because you have to. You're trying to keep some level of stability in this culture, man. Because the man is an indie now. His name is Matty Ice. Thank 
Do Atlanta have to play? Wait a minute. I hope Atlanta don't have I to don't play Manny so. Ice and them. But at the end, but at the end of the day, you know, Desmond really listen. Desmond learned the game, learn, you know, learn the ins and outs of it. Learn look, as they say, a good player learns plays. A great player learns the concept of the offense. Learn the concept of the offense. And when it's time for you to get in, you're gonna be good. But until then, Atlanta, stop it. Cut this nonsense out. Right? You didn't want Drake London, but now you got him. Now you got to love him. That's that fake love. We know it's fake, but you don't need that. If they threw Desmond out that game one, he don't know what to do. Tyron Matthew or Marshawn Lattimore and, you know, and Cameron Jordan and company, they're going to run ragged. They're going to go crazy because all they're going to do is take away – they're going to take away uh, – they're going to they're gonna force the running game uh, to be, uh, you know – they're gonna they're gonna make it so that you don't gotta run the game. They're gonna take away, they're gonna take away Kyle Pitts. They're gonna neutralize Cordell Patterson. They're gonna put Marshawn Lattimore on Drake London. And they're gonna blitz him. That's gonna be a long day. So, Dez, <laughs> I love you, but stop all the nonsense. And again, I, and I mind you, it ain't Dez. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's the fans. I would have said stuff. that if they drafted Malik Willis. It's like yep, it's probably yep, not. Listen, I don't I am not a fan. I, I am the BJ Bennett scenario of, hey man, you draft him, we're gonna put it. No, no, no. Yeah. You could, I can yeah. drive my future now. That don't mean the future got to be right now. It for, could be in, no. For every Peyton Manning that started right away and worked out, there's a David Carr. There's a, probably there's, two or three David Carr. There's a Ryan, Cars, there's a Ryan Leaf. There's yeah. a Marcus Russell. There's a Blake Bortles. There's a Blaine Gabbert. There's an EJ. There's an EJ mm-hmm. Daniels. I mean uh, EJ Emmanuel, Manuel. Yeah. There's a there's a uh, there's a Christian Ponder. And the list won't <laughs> stop. Johnny Manziel. We can just keep going. Yeah, man. started right away and well. Yep. Learn stop the system. It. We got stop more it. to come. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Friday. The PGA Championship ongoing. Justin Thomas, now your leader in the clubhouse at minus six, if that holds. Uh, you got Will Zalatoris at minus five. Roy McElroy just underway, four holes in. He's at minus four. So you have a couple of guys uh, still out there that might make a push at this thing. But if that holds at minus six, cut line's going to be plus four. Right now, Tiger Woods at plus four, uh, Ben. So he would be around for the weekend, though a lot of golf. I'd be played. Tiger's actually still out there on the course. So... Uh, he could stand to make another birdie or two and uh, solidify himself for the weekend. And how about uh, John Daly? I don't know if you've seen John Daly, man. He's just out there ripping Diet Cokes, smoking cigarettes, looking like Santa Claus out there today with his red pants and white shirt. He is plus three and has a good chance of making the cut. So John Daly's like the every guy's like, that's the kind of athlete uh, I I, I use that. That makes you think, I might be able to do something like that. Well, John Daly does what he does. He can also rip it 300-plus down the middle of the fairway. But, Ben, do you ever have those guys where you look at – I know you were a pro athlete in the NFL, but do you ever have guys in other sports you're like, yeah, you know, if that guy made it, I might actually have a chance. Well, 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 bigger than that. Like John Daly's drinking a case. Certain certain guys just make you understand that you can be yourself, like Phillip Rivers, you know, with his little ties he used to wear. But John Daly Daly has always been every every, every dad by, you know (laughs) – I mean, uh, you know, MVP no matter what. Being himself no matter what. Just out there cracking diets and, and ripping, you know, ripping heaters. That's what he's doing the whole time. And he's uh, out there with a chance to make the cup. But Justin Thomas, your leader at minus six in the clubhouse. Roy McElroy up there. Chris Kirk up there uh, at minus three. Matt Kuchar at minus two. So a couple guys with some local ties with a chance. We're coming right back. We'll take three on the flip side. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live ESPNCoastal.com. Also catch us live streaming on Facebook, and Twitter. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of 
your day. Braves and Marlins coming up later tonight, 525 with pregame coverage. As again, the Braves open up a full month of playing teams that are not above 500. So a chance to maybe make up a little ground here over the uh, the next month. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later. We'll get to take three coming up as well. 912-342-7184, your number to join us uh, here on the program. 912-342-7184. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Ben, we got a uh, caller on the line. Let's go to uh, Steve. Let's talk about this whole Saban and uh, Jimbo thing. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm a fantastic. How you guys doing? Good afternoon. Thank hey, you. we're doing good. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Happy Friday. Let's talk about Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. First of all, Jimbo Fisher has all the rights to defend himself. But let's face it, Nick Saban, whatever you said about Deion Sanders and uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Texas a and my question is, real question, do you have 100% proof based on what you said? Can you back it up? I mean, come on. You can't just make allegations. I mean, guys, let's face it. Let's face one thing. Saban says rat poison. So it seems like rat poison is coming to bite him. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Oh, 100%. Uh, the rat poison uh, is uh, accusing other teams of cheating. And again, are there strong suspicions they did? Yes, but I'm 100% with you, Steve. Like, you can't call out schools specifically saying they did something if you don't have the, uh, the receipts uh, to, to show that they actually did it. Absolutely. I think it well, hold on a second. Let me correct myself. Ali, I gave the producer a wrong information. It's AC. A as an apple, C as in cat. It's AC, not C. But it's okay. It is okay. I mean, I just, I just think at the end of the day, when you, when you think about this whole situation, right, think about Nick Saban for a second. Nick Saban has a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him, right? He and no one's really saying anything about Alabama. Alabama won the SEC, but the University of Georgia won the national championship. Texas A&M beat him in the regular season. Now they beat him in recruiting, and he's crying foul, and he was number two in recruiting. How much of this just has to do with the fact that he's just sending up a flare to Alabama boosters saying, we need you guys to get a little bit deeper which in your pockets. That way we can go from, I don't know, this lonely number two to the only number one in recruiting. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Hey, Steve, appreciate the phone call. 912-342-7184 if you want to weigh in. Yeah, again, look, I, I, I've said from the beginning, I don't have a problem with what Nick Saban said because he wasn't wrong. Nope. Right? I mean, and, and again, that's, uh, I think, very important to, uh, to, to put a scene. He wasn't wrong in what he said. I thought he was wrong when he pointed the finger and said, that that because you know what's that you know Jimbo's out there. My daddy always said somebody shows who who they are. Believe him. Well, there's also that other uh, that other saying, Ben. When you point the finger at somebody, Come on. there's three more pointing right back at Come you. Come on, right? So I, I, look, I, I think when uh, you look at any pig program, are fans stupid? No, they may be fan- fanatical, but I mean fans understand. Even before nil, might there have been a few things going on. Uh, to lure recruits, sure. I think when Texas A&M goes from number four or five in recruiting pretty much every year to number one and number one with the best recruiting class that's ever existed, at least from a numerical standpoint, a grading standpoint, I think people are going to say, well, how did that happen? Did Jimbo get that much better with the sales pitch? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you point the finger at Deion Sanders, do young men – and women want to go to HBCUs? Of course they do. Are they quality programs? Of course they are. But when you point it out to Dion and say, listen, man, 
No number one recruit has ever, not just, I'm not even going to say HBC, no number one recruit has ever gone to an FCS school. How did that happen? You're saying it wasn't NIL. You're saying, how? I think it's at least appropriate to raise up the question. Hey, Dion, was your recruiting pitch that much better than 130 other schools that, uh, you know, are at the, at, at the D1 FBS level? How, how does that happen? The, the top player in the country didn't even go to an FBS school, went to an FCS school. And I'm not faulting that player. Ben, don't, don't get me wrong. Look, I just think it's fair to at least raise the question. Something that's never happened before happened. Mm-hmm. Is it on the up and up? We do, and again, don't act like we're just singling this kid out. We do this all the time in sports. Yes. We, you and I were talking. We were watching Usain Bolt before the show started because Ben loves track. Yep. Usain Bolt's running times that nobody's ever been able to do. And Ben's first response was, and you know he's never tested positive for steroids? Because people would say, he's running that fast. He's got to be doing something. Mm -hmm. You go hit 60 home runs in Major League Baseball. I don't care if it's Mike Trout. Mike Trout hit 60 homers all of a sudden. How's he doing it? Like, we question everything. Everything. And so I don't think, you know, Dion getting all upset is, is, is really – I think – I take it as a compliment. I, I would I, too, but I'm saying I, I don't think – I don't get where Dion's getting all upset. Yeah, he got called out. But I think it's fair to at least say, look, the number one player in the country went to an FCS school. Yeah, so I'm not it, saying you had to go to Alabama. Yeah, he went to an FCS school where yeah. logically yeah. you're not going to get as much exposure because, again, if, if they did, people would be going to Wofford and Furman and, you know, all the time. And, and Jackson State and all that. You, you're not going to go up against the competition that most players, Ben, who are wanting to go to NFL are going to get to see on a week-in, week-out basis. Is that fair? Yep. So I, I, I think it's fair for people to at least say, Dion, how'd, how'd, how'd it happen? How'd you do it? Yeah, I mean. How, how'd it happen? Yeah. I, I don't think, we're not accusing you, but like it at least you looks like, like NIL like, helped you out in a big way. You don't, you don't like the fact that if somebody made an accusation about me and, and it wasn't true, all right, I don't like the accusation, but the point being made is another thing. And think and think about this. Somebody can say this too. Nick Saban doesn't talk about everybody, so if he does mention you, you got to have some level of respect from him, <laughs> right? Well, show me it's true, yeah. You know, you know, but I, but I will say, Kevin. I mean, it's it's we just ask, right? We just ask. Travis Hunter's going to Jackson State. Oh, we just ask because when he went to Jackson State, Dion said. This is the day before National Signing, but we got something coming for y'all tomorrow. Because he knew he was coming. Right now, does Deion, is Deion Sanders the biggest brand as far as like former players you're going to see? Yep, it's up there, right? Him, Michael Strahan, you got some big brands. Is Deion Sanders the reason, the reason why we watching the Jackson State? Yep. Mm-hmm. Travis Hunter knows, hey, man, Deion, I'm going to come do this for you. What you got for me, man? We, we going to do some things, man. We, we, we got you, right? Because at the end of the day, Kevin, you know, just like I know, the number one player in the country going to an HBCU, we were asking how. Now, TSU ain't get him. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that. Like, I'm just saying an FCS school. There's a hundred and something something FCS schools. Would Travis Hunter go to North Dakota State? Would he go to Montana? Would he go to Wofford? Would it like if if he went there, we'd be going, Hot mm-hmm. Hey, like, how did UT Chattanooga land? And don't come at me with, well, well, Terrell Owens went to UT Chattanooga. Terrell Owens was not the number one player in high school coming out of high school. He was like, not. 
So he developed and became a great player. Like, like, like those yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not we, equivalent yeah, we, to yeah, say. We're looking, at, we're looking at where a player, where a player. Yeah. Ended, I mean, and it's not and, equivalent and, to say. Well, Jared, sweetness and, went to a D two. Yeah, it's and like, Jared no, Rice went to Mississippi Valley yeah. State. How many players they've been pulling in, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's let's let let's just say this, Dion. You didn't like the fact that it was a beef going on with Jimbo. Your name came up. No, this is what it really is. Travis Hunter got offered by Alabama. He went to Jackson State. He got offered by a lot of people. Yeah, to be he got fair. offered I mean, by everybody. But Alabama <laughs> just happened to be one of them. Because think about this. But Nick Saban's smart. He, quote, said the player. He didn't call him by name. Well, he, I don't think he can, but that's. But I, I just think that number one is this. It's name and image likeness. Name and image leverage, right? And, I, and, I, and you know, but name and image, it could be name and image life. Because that's what it, this is life from now on. You are talking about Alabama. The the GOAT, Nick Saban, mad because they came in number two. That's all this is about. Recruit, I said this. The national championship can only be won by six, maybe seven teams. Maybe. Nick Saban's one of those teams. He could care less about national championship. Why? Been there, done that. Right? He, he, he done done it. Right? What does he want to win now? The perception battle. The sure. perception battle is recruiting. Because everybody's watching recruit. Everybody don't watch national championship. Everybody's watching recruit because they want to know, oh, man, are we going to get this player? We're going crazy over players we don't even know. We watch the press conferences to players we don't know. Oh, my God, he picked us over. We don't know who that is. Then and he lost that. He lost it. He lost the perception battle, you know, in 2022. Come 2023, all eyes going to be on Tuscaloosa and College Station because they're going to want to see who's going to do what. So, I, 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 listen, I respect it. You don't. Nick Saban has different type methods of getting his point across. He's very emotional. But, like you say, Kevin, he ain't wrong in what he's saying. But when he said that the, the transfer portal is going to ruin college football, it didn't happen. Who's benefited from the transfer portal? Henry Tortola. What? Gibbs. Ricks. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying. like, Because I, I, I'm like, man, stop that stuff, man. Who's benefit? Who's gonna? Who's gonna? Who's already benefit from NIL? He's number two, right? Here's the thought: Tell me a school that's not in the top five or six in recruiting that has a chance to win the national championship. They don't. They do not. Ben, are you trying to tell me recruiters a direct correlation to win the national championships? Well, show me one that wasn't in the top ten that didn't win it. Or they, show me a team that's in the twenty-five that won it. That's not happening. So Nick Saban makes a good point. It's gonna be fine, right? The boots in Alabama, right? You know, they they getting their money together. They like man, they 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 scraping their pennies together. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, Nick Saban knows when he speaks, everybody listens. Sure. Jimbo responded. Dion responded. And I just think it's good for college athletics because if anything. Whatever Deion Sanders is able to do at Jackson State, hopefully they're able to do that at Grambling, at TSU, at Alabama A&T, at North Carolina A&T, and Howard, and so on and so forth. Because Deion is competing with other HBCUs. He's not competing with Saban, right? Jimbo is competing with Saban. Now, he ain't going to – he better beat him this year on the field. But as far as recruiting, that's Jimbo's nan 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 nan, nan moment. That, that's really what it is. Like, uh-huh. Because think about it, Kevin. I want to beat him at something. It's hard to beat Nick Saban at anything. But when it comes sure. to that perception battle, at least for one year, he got the bragging right. I just think a lot of people got awful defensive from what Nick Saban. And again, I think the only thing Nick Saban said that was wrong was calling out schools by name and just saying, look, I think there is still that kind of public decorum when it comes to that. It was like, hey, don't mention 
school X, Y. Don't mention other schools. Talk about yourself, right? Talk about your program. Talk about what you're doing. If you see problems around college football, you talk about it. Say, look, I feel like with NIL, it's being used to influence recruits. You don't have to say it's at Texas A&M. You say, look, NIL is being used to influence recruits. And if you're talking to boosters, just say, hey, NIL is being used to influence recruits. <clears throat> NIL is being used to influence recruits, right? I mean, so it's like, I, I think. NIL is yeah, being used yeah. to influence recruits. I, um, get out your wallets. But, I mean, you, I, I just look at what he is saying. Is that, look, if, if this is, and he has been kind of consistent with that. You don't have to, I think Nick Saban has said, look, if this is how we want the game to be, that's fine. I'm still going to beat you. Because as, and Jimbo didn't say anything. Nick has all, uh, not about all the advantages, but he has a lot of advantages. So he's still going to beat you. I, but I think the problem is Nick can win a number of different ways uh, there at Alabama because of the resource game. I, under, I, I understand when you say, hey, how do, we, how do we look at this game and figure it out? Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of coaches are saying. Uh, ben, we're 100 days from college football. Everybody has, it seems like everybody of note has voiced concern about the rampantness of NIL, or at least the lack of regulation, checks and balances of NIL. I think that's a fair statement. I haven't heard a major college coach because it would be recruiting suicide to come out and say NIL is wrong and we screwed it up. But I have heard a lot of coaches say, look, is this how we want it to operate where there's 50 sets of rules, nobody's going to get in trouble if they break the rules, and we'll just move forward. Is it okay for schools to contact my player through third parties and offer them NIL deals contingent upon them leaving and going to another school? Not supposed to happen. Who's going to admit to that? Right? You know what I mean? So, so it's like, who's going to admit to that? That's why when the NCAA is like, hey, we're going to crack down on these collectives offering benefits before kids come to schools. Who's going to admit to that? Did you expect kids to admit when the bag got dropped on their front door in the McDonald's bag? Nope. They're not going to admit to this either. Like, so, look, I, I think that is where you look at college football and say, look, how do you operate in this landscape when the governing body is sitting on its hands? And uh, for the NCAA, they deserve no credit in this, right? They, they, they sat on their hands and said, yeah, we can see this is probably coming. And given how in just 20 years the revenues have just gotten out of control. I mean, Ben, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, again, I don't want to say back in my day, you know, but I mean, when I say back in my day, you're talking, if I say 20, 25 years ago, I'm a teenager. I'm in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in high school. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I, boy, I'm trying to make myself older than I am. 25 years, I'm in high school. I want to say Bobby Bowden might have been making 800 grand. Maybe. Maybe. And so you're talking about one of the best coaches in college football, and you're looking around going, okay, there's money in the sport. There's always been money in it. But I think you still – in less than 20 years, Nick Saban's making 12, 11? Nick Saban, and an, Nick, 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 Saban, uh, Nick Saban's, uh, he's making more so, than most of these uh, athletic budgets. So in, just, so in just the span of you know, 15, 20 years, you've gone from the best coaches in college football maybe getting seven, 800 grand to 800 grand won't even get you an interview with a coach. And I'm not talking about an interview at Notre Dame. 800 grand might not get you an interview at Arkansas State right now. I mean, so, so when you talk about the explosion of money, I think the NCAA can sit back and go, look, the money has exploded. It's coming. The players are going to end up with a piece of something. How do we do that? And how do we regulate the competitiveness? I don't know if I want to say fairness, but how do I regulate the competitiveness 
in the uh, arena in which our student-athletes are operating. Because ideally, and we know this is not the case, but ideally, you would like to say that if Colorado State's a D1 school, they have a even playing field relatively to Alabama. We know that's not the case, but that you're, that's why you're there, right? We want to make sure that Alabama's not cheating so bad you really have no chance, for those, for those or vice versa. For those people who, th- who, who don't understand what you mean about the whole Alabama-Colorado uh, uh, dynamic, Mel Tucker went to Colorado. Colorado State, yeah. Colorado oh, State. no, he was at Colorado. Well, he I'm went sorry, to Colorado, right. walking around, oh, my God, look at the facilities, right? Opening comes up in Michigan State. He leaves, go to Michigan State. Within, what, a year or so, $94 million extension. Right. All I'm telling you is, people, but it, the model is already there. I just think But that, the money's out there for, yeah. for kids to get paid. My whole point is the NCAA sat on their hands and now have thrown their hands up and go, oh, my God, we don't know what to do, and we can't enforce any of this. So how do you operate in the system where there really are guidelines, not rules? I'll, I'll call them guidelines. Like guidelines are, hey, if you go in the ocean, you might want to be careful. There are sharks out there, not don't go swimming. Right, like, like, hey, if you go in the ocean, be careful for the tide. It's a little, little rough today. Not, don't go swimming. That, those are guidelines. Rules are get out of the water. Do not be in the water. There's not that. There's guidelines that nobody's enforcing. And no, so the rules and boundaries, uh, guidelines so, are not. And so, yeah, so, yeah, so, so, uh, so, so the NCAA is just kind of sitting back, watching, going, hey, I think we kind of got a. And the longer they let, I, I think the longer we got, they let this thing yeah, go, the more it's going to yeah, go it's on. Like, yeah, it's like I think we got a problem on our hand. How do we fix it? I don't know. Should we have thought about this sooner? Maybe. What do we do now? I don't know. Man, can we can we reverse some of this? No. Man, put so, the fire so, out. Let's not fire so, that's gasoline. Let's yeah, just, let's yeah, just blaze, exactly. let's just so, blaze so it. So now up. they're sitting there. They they don't know what to do. And they can't do anything, and they haven't done anything. And it's kind of going to be a. I, like, I'm interested to see how how this thing operates moving forward. We'll come back. We'll get to take three. Had to bump back a little bit. Uh, but obviously, this is going to be a debate that continues on throughout. Uh, the, the college football season and beyond as this thing uh, evolves. We got more to come. Take three next on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Friday. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Had to uh, cover the Nick and Jimbo stuff because, you know, they, they like going at, it, uh, at each other. And uh, Deion Sanders weighing in, saying, don't keep my program out your mouth as well there, Nick. Well, you get Will Smith. Sam. <laughs> Walked up there and I said, "Keep my program." He, 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 he keeps a fresh, a fresh bottle of paper, baby pot. <laughs> so you know. That being said, let's take three here on three and out. All right, man. Take one. NBA playoffs going on. Why does it seem like all the playoff games are blowouts? I know that's a generalization, but the last three games or the the first three games of the conference finals, closest ball game was eleven points. Both game sevens uh, prior. We're not close. Why are we getting so many blowouts? I think what happens is, Kevin, it's real similar to once you know the game is out of reach, it's all about just getting to the end of it. I'm not going to exert any more extra energy that I'm going to have, hopefully. And, 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 they're, and they're looking forward to the next game. I mean, you hear, you hear teams say, all right, man, this game is over. Let's look forward to game three, game four. And they're not close. Ain't no more nail biters. You don't want no overtimes. Because <laughs> what if you go into overtime and you lose? And then, I mean, we put all this energy and we lose, and now we down. So we don't start trying till game seven? Well, is yeah. I mean, and, and, and what happens is now, hopefully your team is good enough to be able to go out there, you know, and get that next game. Because let's, let's face it. I mean, sports is all about preserving, you know, your energy and give, giving the best effort you can. But I'm not chasing the dude all the way to the end zone that's 10 yards ahead of me. I'm, I'm, I'm pumping my arms. 
But I'm not really trying to catch him anymore. I can't catch. He's pulling away, coach. He's putting on a show for I'm the camera. I'm not trying to be in the film when you stop the tape. <laughs> you're gonna see me and not and not see him. So I I just think that basketball players are getting smart of saying, look, these are the best basketball players in the world. They got a 25 point lead going into the with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm not. Sometimes it's, it's worse than that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the closeout game. You know, uh, you know, with Luca and company in Game Seven against. Uh, Against uh, Devin Booker and CP3, it was fifty-seven to twenty-seven going into half at the half. I think I think at one point it was like nine, it was like ninety-two to fifty. It's over <laughs> with. Like, and you ask yourself, how does that happen? But at the end of the day, game sevens are very, very dangerous, Kevin, because it's not about who's the best team; it's who's the hot team that get that game. But as far as like trying to make it the game, you know, five and six is all about saying, look, sometimes the freshest team is the better team. So if the game is out of hand, it's just one loss. It ain't the end all be all. You move on to the next game. I know, but I'm the NBA. If I'm Adam Silver, like man, I know the, the they come down to Game Seven, but like how many how many dregs b- basketball games do you got to sit through, man? Like 20, 25 point wins. Like come on, you want to keep me entertained in the playoffs? We're 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 this is it. Like you're you're four wins from the from the championship from the finals, and we're getting twenty point blowouts, twenty five point blowouts here uh, in uh, in the conference championship games. All right, man, take two. Uh, Derek Jeter, I don't know if you saw this. He's got his own little uh, show or what have you coming out uh, called The Captain. It's going to be his own like 30, 30, 30 for 30 uh, called The Captain. Tom Brady has, what is his called? It's like the man, the man, in the, the man in the arena. Oh, God. The, the man in the arena. The, 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 ra- so the random bo- guy in the arena. So they both have their, uh, they both have their own uh, like kind of shows. they at all. <laughs> got narcissists over there. Like, come on, Jimbo. <laughs> anyway. Uh, which star do you love to hate more, Derek Jeter or Tom Brady? There's, there, there, listen, well, no mean, hesitation on uh, here. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I, listen, I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you, you you can't stand him for the simple fact that Kevin, he just everywhere he goes, he just boosts uh, the reputation and the team morale, and obviously the wins and losses of that team. But it's Derek Jeter for me because look, man, I'm a Braves fan, man. Born and raised, born the right way. Derek Jeter <laughs> played for the Evil Empire. And Derek, and, and Derek Jeter is the reason why I don't like the Yankees because obviously Derek Jeter only, you know, played for the Yankees. I, I get it, but they act like Derek Jeter could do no wrong. It's like Derek Jeter never had a bad game. Mr. Mr. Big Mama Derek. Derek Jeter. Shut up. <laughs> I get sick of Derek Jeter, man. Like, because that's how good he was. He made me sick. Derek Jeter, what? Derek Jeter's around that, uh, you know, you're pretty tall, man, with short stops and, you know, the way he went out yeah. there and played again. I, listen, I will say this. Derek Jeter did this thing, right? So when he was getting ready to retire, he was walking around the city of New York. And, you know, people like, what's up, Derek? Oh, man, you the man. Shut up. He get on my nerves. <laughs> so for me, for me, Kevin, it's easy. It's Derek Jeter because, like I said, you know, I don't like, you know, it's easy to not like Yankees players. But Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter is so easy to love. That's why you don't, that's why I don't uh-huh. like him. He's so he's so relatable, right? He's so easy going. So, you know, he seems to be a guy that just loves people. Can't stand him. Because... You know, yes, I got to make up stuff about him because I don't know him, but them pinstripes is all I really need. All I need is them pinstripes. Cannot stand Derek Jeter. Bought the Marlins and I'm finna sell them. Didn't really want. And guess what? Tom Brady stays in Derek Jeter's crib in Tampa. Can't stand him. Derek Jeter. <laughs> and Yankees fans holler at me. No. I, y'all come at me too. It's, it's Derek Jeter for me. No, it's Tom Brady for sure. <laughs> like, like I, I get it. He's good, but no. I, I I love to hate on Tom Brady. Absolutely, that's not. I mean, Derek Jeter's a good player. I I again the captain. 
you know, it's the captain. It's the captain. I do. I get that's kind of annoying. But you know, Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, but but for, for to me, it's Tom Brady. It, it, it's Tom Brady. Like, is it a lot? Is, is, is it? It's, is, the, it's is everything. It, is it the play? Okay, it's, it's, it's like so. This is what happens. This 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 is the best. It's this, everything. It's it's the rings. It's I'm out here drinking uh, this, this, seaweed shakes and I'm right. This Rex Ryan said this, and I, and I believe it's about Tom Brady. He says it's this big gigantic pool. Every every football player is invited. Big big pool. Nice, right? People go, oh man, look around. You know, nice drinks. You know, people diving in. It's in the third. Some people go, some people can, some people can't swim. So in the shallow end. Some people can't swim, so in the deep end. Most people just playing, you know. And then all of a sudden, somebody goes, hey, man, stand up. What do you, I got to stand up for? That go Tom Brady. Why? This is his pool. What? This is Tom Brady's pool. And we got to watch him do the cannonball. And then he, he does the Rodney Dangerfield. He goes way up there to the, you know, way up there to the top. Does he have one of those? You know, he jumped he jump down and go, listen, 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 listen. Then... Then when he gets out the pool, you can't talk. Why? Because that goes Giselle. He walks up to Giselle, you know, gives her a hug, gives her a kiss. You know, she walked. We can't talk when he's there. Basically, he went to the man pool and he owns the man pool. Most of us, we get certain things. Certain guys are very athletic. He's not athletic, right? Tom Brady's not athletic. He's great. He, he's an athlete. He's not athletic. But think about Tom Brady. Not to get in his business. Had a baby with a supermodel. She introduced him to Giselle. Married Giselle. <laughs> now, he's got, you know, two models of baby mama, supermodel as a wife. Sounds like you're talking yourself into the Tom Brady. Amp. No, you're, I'm not. You're, you're I'm just saying, no, no, this thing, right? This thing. What you want to call your show, Tom? I just want to call it the man in the arena. The man in the arena. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. You're not the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So at, so at the end of the day, Kevin, I'm gonna go with Derek Jeter because, like I say, it's all about hating on them pinstripes. Hey, but Tom Brady is a is a very close one. Fa- yeah, fair enough. All right, moving along. Take three today. Oh, is National Pizza Party Day. Boy, we have failed in this office Bad. today. Like we just totally let everybody down. What is the perfect pizza party spread in your opinion? Oh, this is easy. Okay, because my On National my, Pizza my Party My pizza day. party spread right is gonna it's gonna be me and a bunch of kids. Right? So I got to be smart. Right? They're going to be grabbing their little sticky hands and ain't wash their hands. No. For me, Kevin, I'm a thin crust guy. Right? So I'm a thin crust with the pepperoni. But then with the kids, to keep them from, you know, eating, you know, 30 slices, you got to get them the pan, a lot of bread. So, you know, and no wings because you got too many. And I don't want to deal with this. Two, two reasons why I'm not doing the wings. The flavors. And the quote, traditional, non-traditional. What the hell? <laughs> no, these are wings. So I'm not doing the wings. Bread sticks, cheese sticks, thin crust, personal pan. So that way with the personal pans, Kevin, you know, you know, we ease over here, you know, it's gonna be cheese and pepperoni. My 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 crew don't really get into the to the uh the meat lovers or the or the supreme cheese, pepperoni. But the thing about it is, so what I'll do, I'll get two. Uh, I'll get two large cheese pan, two large uh, pepperoni pan, and two thin crust pepperoni. Cause, they, cause see, kids usually want what I want. Oh, daddy, you know, no, 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 no. Go on there, and get you some of that pan. Get your stomach real full. Oh, just in case, <laughs> get you some of them breadsticks. Get you some of that cheese bread. So you're the guy that buys the deep dish so everybody gets full faster and you don't have to have as much pizza. Is that, listen, is that, listen, is that what want, you're saying? I want, listen, I want, I want that food coma to come quick. <laughs> I want to be like, uh, you know, especially with my little three, with my soon, two-year-old, soon-to-be three-year-old nephew, I want him out the game. So with him, I'm going to chop his, I'm going to cut his up and, and fill his plate up to make it look like it's more than what it is. Oh, that's a big boy bite. 
But, you know, all the other kids, you know, you're talking about 10, 11, 12. You know how it is, Kevin, when you get yeah. them soon to be mid-teens or early teens, you know, when they, when they can fix their own food, they know they, they can eat a little more. Yeah. So, you know. I, th- I, I think you definitely have to have a variety of crusts. You have to have a thin crust as a regular. I do. But I don't think you have to go wild on the pizza. Like, like I'm telling you, I know people that like me like, oh, I love this. When you're having a pizza party, if you do anything other than, like, a little cheese, pepperoni, and maybe the – and when I say, like, the meat pizza, like, it's got, like, three meats, not, like, a, like ten meats. Yeah. Like, you do it too much. So you're talking about – you're, like, you're talking about ham, you're talking about ham beef, Because I don't care what anybody says. Again, this is, this, is, this is the same theory as nobody really likes salad. You go to a pizza party. Mark my words. If you're going to be that guy that tells me, oh, I love the – I love the Supreme and Veggie Pizza. Well, you don't have to worry. There'll be plenty of it. Because when you have all that other down there, go lift the box for the Supreme. It's like one slice gone. Ain't nobody eating that. They're not. And so so to, when you have the pizza party, you keep it simple. Pepperoni, little meat pizza. Vary it up with the thin crust. I do like the, uh, the, the cheese stick idea because that's for people who like, Man, I think this cat's about to eat some of the pizza I like. You want to try some of the cheese sticks? Oh, uh, and, and, it sits and, on the gut a little and, bit. And, 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 then, and how you do with the kids? Y'all better get some of these bread sticks. <laughs> I don't know what y'all raise your voice yes. a little bit. They'll say, "Oh, I don't listen." Marinara sauce, maybe a little ranch. Get on out the way. Yeah, that way you you know backdoor extra slices for yourself by filling everybody else. So that's a good strategy, Ben. I like that. But no. So you want your Supremo pizza, your your pineapple, and hey, what's that, the Hawaiian? You, Keep it all. Yeah, you never, nobody you wants never, that. You never yelled at a bunch of kids. Y'all want Supreme? Man, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm just talking about for adults, too. Like, nobody, yeah, like, no, nobody you wants You go, go to a pizza party with adults. If there is pepperoni and meat and the Supreme, the Supreme will have, like, two slices out of it. I'm telling you. Nobody cares for Supreme they if don't. there's other options. They don't. That's and, all I'm going to say. pineapple on pizza, come on, man. Y'all need to stop watching movies. Yeah, there's no such thing as Hawaiian pizza. There's somebody that went, oops, and pineapple <laughs> fell on it. That's all that happened. All the barbecue pizza, all this No, that, no, no, that is good. I will say that. Kevin said, oh, so Kevin said, Kevin wants barbecue dipping sauce for his uh, pizza. Have you ever had, like, a really good barbecue pizza? It's I've good. never had barbecue pizza. It's really good. Like, if you get some good barbecue. Thin crust. Uh, no, I think it's actually better because it's kind of like on a regular, uh, because it's kind of like eating a barbecue sandwich, but it's got the cheese okay. and the sauce in there. All right. I thought the same thing as you, Ben. The first time somebody offered me a slice of barbecue pizza, I said, have you lost your mind? They go, just try it. And I did, and it was life-changing. And that's all I'm going to say. All right. You know, it's like I could hear the little thing go, Wong. you know, when you eat it, like you see the uh-huh. glow happen in the yeah. little music place. That's what happened when I ate it. So that's good. But again, I'm sticking by it. Don't come in there with your, oh, I got mushroom and onion pizza. Get out of here. Nobody wants that. They want the other stuff. (laughs) We got more to come. That's take three. Man, Brett McMurphy with a great tweet about, you want to talk about the disparity in college athletics in terms of the money? Great tweet by Brett McMurphy earlier today. We'll get to that next year on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out. National Pizza Party Day. Ben, I did say I, I want to bring this up because there is one more guy that you see when you're planning a pizza party, and this happens all the time. Somebody come up, hey, man, I'm going to order some pizzas. We'll have a pizza party. Great. Hey, how about you get that Supreme, man? I think that I think a lot of people really, like, I think that'd be a good one to throw in there. All right, we'll get the Supreme. And then you, you get all the pizza, then you go through the line, and the dude that was repping for the Supreme's got, like, the smallest possible slice. He's like, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I just want to taste it, but, you know, yeah, but, bro, you got, like, six slices of the pepperoni and the meat pizza that, like, that we want to eat. Well, I mean, you know, I just thought, it's like, he's, it, I, it's every time. Yep. Somebody's like, get this get this pizza. I'm like, nobody wants that. Oh, no, come on, you got to have a little variety. You get it, and that's the, that's where the one slice goes. To the guy that wanted you to get it in the first place, you get a whole pizza, he eats one slice, and then he eats all the other pizza that everybody wants. That's good. 
Don't be that guy. Just, no, just no, ride. No one. Listen, Sorry. listen, listen, listen. listen. I, uh, I could basically, be, basically, what Kevin is saying, nobody wants Supreme. Let's just call it. <laughs> only people that want Supreme are the fake vegan eaters. But listen, I'm just That's not even vegan, mind. though. It's got everything. So it's, no, I, look. Just I don't, don't, no, I don't just don't no be that guy. No pebbles and no, uh, Have you had people that do that though? Yeah. Have you seen where it's like, hey, Fake. why don't no, you no. get throw a Hawaiian in there, man? I think a lot of people are gonna get one slice gone. Like, dude, no. We're getting the stuff people like. I'll move on. It's just, you know, get a little, little I, sensitive. Well, about I will it. say this though. When I was up there in the nasty Nashville, man, I used to get the white pizza. Oh, that's good. Like, like, like with the you know, with the different cheeses on it with the white. Ooh, woo! That thing <laughs> that was the truth, boy. I tried to tell you. Next up on Three and Out, Ben Troop talking about uh, white pizza. Getting right. It's a very romantic experience. Hey, man. Got the cheese. Hey, listen, if, I pay for it, if I pay for it, you know, it, it, it's, going, it's, it's going in my tummy. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> but, but we were talking a lot about college football. Obviously, the economic disparities, we heard ADs sound off about it. Say, hey, look, we're heading toward two solar systems where the SEC and the Big Ten are going to take up a majority of the money. How do you compete in that? And people go, oh, it's always been that way. Brett McMurphy with an interesting tweet. This is, he put out the revenue totals from the 2020-2021 football season, that's the COVID season. So obviously some teams did play a few more games than others, but just listen to the disparity. Is it that much more? The SEC made the most, $833 million. The Big Ten made $679.8 million. This is in a COVID year, keep in mind. ACC, $578.3 million. So you're about $250 million off of the, big, of the SEC right there. The Big 12, 356 million. You are less than, I mean, the SEC is double what you're doing. Big 10, almost double. Pac 12, 343 and a half million. Now, you could say, hey, they didn't have COVID, they had COVID, they didn't play as many games. Uh, 500 million? Half a million dollars worth of not playing games? 343 million. Let's put that in perspective. They're 200 million behind the ACC. So that's the environment we're playing. And again, you're talking about media deals getting redone. SEC, when Texas and Oklahoma come in, could be getting more money. The Big Ten has a media deal coming up where people are talking about excess of a billion-dollar media deal. And then you look at how far. I mean, the ACC was number three in revenue in the COVID year, and they were still $250 million behind the SEC in, in, in revenue. Big Ten is gonna. Big Ten is potentially gonna negotiate a billion dollar TV deal. That's what, and that's without Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I'm trying to tell you, Greg Sankey, like, yeah, keep on talking about it, because I was saying. So, the, so you're talking about. Well, what? Are the, that's why you hear stuff about the alliance, because they're trying to come up with ways to work together to make this money. Because again, you can't if the SEC is making just off football 833 million, and the ACC is 578. I'm sorry. How and do you a, how a, do you a, how do you stay up to the SEC keep, almost made a billion dollars in a COVID year? Yeah, so, it would be one thing if the SEC made eight thirty three and you made seven ninety nine. Okay, that's a lot more. It's still a lot more money. It's not two hundred fifty million more. And if you're the Pac twelve, it's not half a billion more. That's a, people say, well, why does the SEC have the most? They spend the most on recruit. Why? Because they make the most. Oh yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, Clay Thompson said, LeBron told him, "You want to make more money." Invest more money in you. Clay Thomas said he, he invested a million dollars in his body like LeBron do. Got him 90 million. Now, for people saying, man, that's correct. No, 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 no. The SEC understands. They understand. The, listen, the more we put in, the more we get out. Why? Because we're drawing the most viewers, right? The, 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 NFL, the NFL draft, we're going to have the most players drafted. Yep. And out of the seven, Almost guaranteed, and, yeah. And out of the seven to eight teams 
that can make the college football playoff, we got two. We're going to have two in there. At least, yeah. At least. And, and then, what, in the last four years, we've had the same two teams playing the national championship. They just swapped. Alabama won the first time. Georgia won it the second time. We got the GOAT of coaches, Nick Saban. We got the next best coach. We got the next coach up, which you, the next could be, you know, Dabo, ACC, Kirby. Coach O, who's gone, who, who's at LSU. So it's crazy right now when you think about the fact that the SEC's model is, right, more money gets us more money. And it's true. I mean, again, I, and I'm not, again, people say, well, this is true. And I get it. I think when you're trying to put together a sports realm of competitiveness, I mean, you're moving towards Major League Baseball, which I think most people would say in terms of competitiveness, Major League Baseball is not there. I mean, you have teams that are spending, uh, you know, $30 million on their payroll and some that are spending $200. Uh, I'm not saying, I think the only difference in college football, a college athletics would be you have the SEC who's bringing in $60 million a team, the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-10 bringing in, say, $30 million a team. They're spending all their $30 million. Yeah. The SEC spending their 50 and pocketing 10 at each school, and then it happens again the next year and the next year and the next year, and all of a sudden you're like, we physically don't have enough money to, to keep up with the Joneses uh, anymore. And I think from a competitive well, standpoint, that's what people are talking about when you hear the two spheres of, uh, you know, where it's going to be two kind of, you know, globes of college well, football. Hold on, hold on, the hold on. SEC. Well, another thing too, right? And, 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 and this is just me getting deeper into – this is just me getting deeper into – if you don't think the SEC can understand projections, if of you course, don't, but they if all you, they all do. And, 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 I, and I think what happens is, right? Greg Sankey, you know, the commissioner of the SEC, also knows, dude, we're winning the perception battle. So if you're giving a Big Ten, oh, who's sure. about to lose? I'm sorry, no, it's a big. The Big Ten's got everybody. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Big Twelve, whatever. They're not the going to get a billion. It's the Big Ten. The Big Ten. The I'm big sorry, 10, yeah. and the Big Ten is doing that because obviously you got Penn State, you got Ohio State, you yeah. got Michigan. That means that Greg Sankey is going. A billion right. one? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, too, like you say, Kevin, it's almost like when it comes to viewership, what's going to be the most high, highest viewed game, most highly viewed games of the year? SEC games. What's going to be the biggest championship game? View SEC championship game. What is the epicenter of college football? Atlanta. I'm telling you, Greg Sankey goes, look, man, I don't even really got to negotiate. I let them negotiate first and go, all right, y'all know y'all got to up there. That's why <laughs> yeah. every time an SEC coach gets an extension, you know who gets one? Nick Saban. It's built in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm. Listen, man. I just think it. I mean, Brett McMurphy. I think he. I think he's on to something. But like you say, we say, bro. We you know how we make money. Well, we made almost a billion during the COVID. How did you exactly? When everybody else was slowing down, we were speeding up. And when you go back to how everybody else was functioning, who did? Who who made the decision? Stuck with it. That would be Greg sinking the SEC. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, just a thought. He put it out there. And I was like, man, even in the COVID year, the disparity in money brought in was amazing. We've got more to come. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Thank you, son of Kevin Thomas, for bringing us back on the show. I asked him why he said that. He goes, was that not who I am? I was like, well, no, that is. But, you know. Son of Kevin Thomas. It's like I've never, never hey, heard man. anybody say it quite like that. So I was like, okay. Kids are kids, man. When 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 they become who they are, man, just give them a leg up. Give them some encouragement. Let it be. He loves doing radio shows, as we found out. Uh, We'll get to that story another day. But, no, Uh, we got more to come here. Braves and Marlins coming up tonight as they start a three-game series and a run of a month of winnable series, winnable games. We'll talk about that coming up final hour. It is three and out. Hit us up.
on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you back. Final hour of three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. Counting down towards Braves baseball, Braves and Marlins. A little earlier, I'd like to get started in South Florida, I guess. Got to beat the crowd to get in there. <laughs> so, 525, the Braves will have uh, pregame coverage. 640, first pitch tonight as the Braves start a three-game series. Charlie Morton, Trevor Rogers, your pitching matchup. But, uh, but Ben, today is May 20th. The Braves will not play a team with a winning record until June 20th, the San Francisco Giants. You got the Marlins in there, I think, for six games. The Phillies, who are now minus Bryce Harper, who's out with injury. You've got Colorado, Arizona. Uh, you have some teams that, quite frankly, aren't very good. Is there more pressure than when you, because you hear about teams, oh, we play up to the competition. Is there more pressure when you know you're playing teams that aren't supposed to be? I, mean, I know in the mirror you can say, well, you aren't very good. You're below five. But is there more pressure when you're a good team, when you got a stretch like this where you're like literally everybody you are playing for the next month is not a, is not a winner, not expected to be a winner over the long haul. You are. Is that more pressure to go out and get get dubs? I mean, you dropped two out of three this weekend, and you're like, oh man, wasted opportunity. Without a doubt, because Kevin, the, the heart, the, the the thing about this Braves team is they 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 got to prove it to themselves. I get the view in public, I get the analysts, I get the teams they're going up against, but the Braves are saying, look, at a certain point, we can't keep saying, all right, this now it's time, now it's time, now it's time. I'm pretty sure that they're gonna see just how much. Of a, you know they're gonna definitely uh, add to the workload of a of a one Ronald Acuna Jr. and you want to be able to look it's 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 blood in the water as you mentioned you know you you, you talk about you talk about Bryce Harper with the Phillies he's out you talk about Degrom and Scherzer out with the Mets you got to be able to gain some ground on the Mets and put some distance between you and the rest of this division because Kevin I don't know what I don't I don't know what it is about. Uh, Good teams in baseball. At the end, of, at the last month of the season, it's either trying to put some distance between you, or you don't want to spend the last month of the season trying to scratch and claw to get back to win the division. So I think for this Braves team, now is the time. And it's easy for us to say it, but I want to know what it looks like for the Braves to put together a full game. I want to know what it's like when the bats are on fire, when the starting pitchers on fire, when the bullpen is on fire, when the defense is. Because I think they need to see that. Because if they can see that, say okay. You can kind of like pump the brakes a little bit because you go back to the Braves up 4-0, they end up losing 7-6 to the Padres, and you say to yourself, what happened? Doubt is the one thing you have to eliminate the most when you are a championship team. Doubt is doubt is what resonates through bad teams. I know that now. The best teams, we eliminate doubt more than anybody else. But the thing about it, the thing about baseball is we got to do it a lot of phases. Got to do it with our bats. Got to do it with the bullpen. Got to do it with the starting pitcher. Got to do it on defense. But I think the Braves can. Now, the one liability of this Braves team that we don't want to talk about outside of Ronald Cooney Jr., that outfield is, mm, it can be scary at times. But I think that this next month, which in football we do it we do it in quarters. You do the first four games, first quarter, second four games, so on and so right. forth. Baseball, I don't know how many games, I don't know how they break it up. You're, well, I, uh, we're at the quarter pole of the season. So you had 25, but I think most baseball teams look at it in terms of series. But I think even inside that clubhouse, people say, well, don't look too far ahead. You have to know. You have to know as a good baseball team that the schedule is taking a turn in your favor. Like, you look at it and say, I mean, you've probably been asked about it. You have to look at it and say, look, over the next month, these are series that you have got to win. We're not playing the Dodgers. We're not playing the Cardinals. We're not playing uh, the Mets even. These are teams that are not good. These are teams that are expected to finish bottom half of the league. you got to go out there and, 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 and do it. I mean, 
Ben, for as much as you could say, I know you can't look past anything. I get Brian Snicker's going to play that card. Win series, can't look past anybody. Inside that the coach's locker room, or something, you got to be looking at it and go, man, we have got to start playing better because here we are, 25% away, uh, done with the season, and you have not won three games in a row. You want to talk about grind over the course of a baseball season. You haven't had three days where you've showed up and said, we've won every single day. We're feeling good. It's win one, lose one. Win, win two, lose three. Win one, lose two. You have not been able to get that sustained run of success because I, I, I know locker rooms are contagious, Ben. You can't tell me last year there was no better locker room to be in than when the Braves were in the middle of that run of 16 out of 18. Because they showed up every day going, we have won, we expect to win, we're going to keep winning. They haven't had that here in, in 2022. They've showed up to the ballpark and they've won two days in a row. That's about it. They haven't had a prolonged run. Hey, we've won. Even if you want to you know, expand it out and say it ain't about winning every day, it's about winning series. The Braves have won two series. Yeah. They've won two. They've yeah. tied a few, and they've lost a bunch. They, the organization that prides itself on just win series has won two. Two series all year long. That has to change to me when you go through a stretch like this where, again, they're trying to win. I get it. But these are teams that are not expected to be in the playoffs, and they're not winning right now. The Pirates are in there. They're bad. The, again, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, they're not great. Yeah. The Marlins are a tough team, but they're not expected to contend. You've got to turn to – to me, this is the stretch. If you look back, if we get to June 20th, and I hope I'm not saying this, but if we get to June 20th and we're sitting here on three and out and we're saying the Braves are still only one, two series, well, it might be time to panic at that point because good teams don't go through a stretch like this without inflicting some damage, and you have to. Rockies, Diamondbacks, Pirates. If that's a stretch, I'm, I'm again, you're going day to day, but in the back of my mind, somebody's got to be there going, dude, we got to be able to win 8 of 11 and put together a sustained run of success. That's what I'm hoping to see uh, because they've played well enough to win more games than they have. They just haven't, again, got down. Kenley Jansen, last guy, boom. It's gone. It, uh, the, the, the win's gone. You feel like there's games that you've left out there that you should have won. And you didn't. Had three chances to win it on Wednesday, blew every single one of them. The thing, is it, well, the thing, the, you, you got to do better. The thing about this Braves team, too, Kevin, is look, it, all, all, all uh, you know, pro sports is the same. The, there, are, there are, you know, turning points in every season. Sometimes the turning point happens later, but the quicker you can have that turning point, the more, the better of a chance you got to have a good season. I don't know what the turning point was last year for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, right? I don't know what the turning point was for last year for the, you know, for the LA Rams when I won the Super Bowl. At a certain point last year with the Braves, they go, look, man, who are we? Like, what do we want to be? Because most teams don't got the firepower we got. They don't got the, they definitely don't got the bullpen we got. But yet they, they but yet we're underachieving. And Kevin, at a certain point, the, the Braves, the, the team got to say, man, forget Snit for a second. It's on us. It's not like we lacking anything. Well, again, who's that guy? Because I, I know in years past you've had Freddie Freeman and yeah. guys call in and say, look, y'all stay you out. Know who it is? Who's got, but I'm saying, who's got the uh, the stones to say, coaches, take a step. You know, We're you know, talk you know, you know, who, you know who it should be? And I know people, it should be Marcelo Zuna. Because he's really? playing. I, I'm going to tell you why. He's playing well now. He was a, He was a part of the distractions last year. Right? And yet the team kept it together. Marcel goes, look, fellas, because I think people look at the voices of the team in a different way. It's easy to say, you know, Ron Lacuna Jr. or Isaiah Albies or, you know, two guys I think should do it. Three. 
I think it should be Kenson Jansen. I think it should be Jansen. But think, does that matter that he's a relative new guy? Nope, nope because, because, because it should be key contributors. When it comes to that bullpen, it's Kinsley. Like you, you can call it what it is Kinsley. When it comes to the best newcomer they got, it's Matt Olson. He should say something. And it should be Marcel. The reason why I say it is this. After the All-Star break, <coughs> Jock Peterson, Rosario, no, Solaire, right? They did it with their play. Now, Jock Peterson, when he said, I think we are those, you know, who, you know, and, and, and obviously they went on to do it. Kevin, it's about who's saying it, not that they saying it. Matt Olson goes, look, fellas, I got, like, Matt Olson goes, I got to play, like, you know, how I'm ranked. I'm ranked at least the number two, no no worse, number three, first but base. Th- but this is an interesting dynamic in pro sports, Ben. And you know this, mm-hmm. in, in sports in general, but especially pro sports is that new guys in the locker room sometimes, like, hey, you may have the crib, but, again, you just got here. Don't, yep. don't tell me how things are supposed to be. You just yep. got here, and we want – that's what I'm saying. Who feels that Freddie Freeman shoes of, hey, we're going to close it in, and we're going to say, guys, we're better than this. Max, because, Max Free. Well, I mean, because there is a, a – a, again, on top of that, Ben, there is a lot of who are you. Yeah, well, Because, well, again, because, if, right, if, if, right. if, because if, if you come at him and you come in there and say, hey, uh, you know, is it going to be Dansby Swanson? You're a great player. They're going to look at you and go, Dansby, you're hitting 240 okay. and striking out the most of the yep. league. Who are you to start well, rattling? This why, this look, why, this this why. And so I wonder who's that no, guy no, in the no, bridge. No, 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 this, this, this is why. Matt Olson said, man, I always want to play for the Braves. But when I used to see y'all, like when I was with the A's, this is what I saw from y'all. Kendall Jansen said, look, man, I mean, I, I grew up a Braves fan because of Andrew Jones, right? Like, y'all try to make it seem as if the Yankees wanted me too. I wanted to come play for the Braves. Kansas like, look, man, I've been balling. I wanted to come here. And if you are Marcel, you saying, look, fellas, I know what this team – number one, I appreciate this team welcoming me back. I appreciate y'all, like, not letting what I did last year sure. carry over. But number two is, it's at the same time, while it is a who is you, they're saying, look, man, I, I know what this team is capable of. Sure. Whether either 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 from a newcomer standpoint or a guy that was on the team, because you but it should be a dance. But dance should be like, look, I get I haven't been playing well. I get that part. Well, I don't think it's not been played, but, 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 but offensively, time, I would how, say how, that how you how your plan has less to do with what you're saying. When I used to look at it, I used to think you had to be the, a baller to say something. But that's the wrong way to look at it. You're saying, look, man, I'm speaking up, man, because this is how much this team means to me. This is our livelihood. We've never had a, you know, coming off a World Series. That's a lot of pressure. And it's pressure on the guys that just got here. Only some of us got rings, right? But I think that what they're saying is, look, if we are st- – like what Jock Peterson said, we says we are them MFs or whatever. <laughs> In his mind, he's saying, why, why do I got to say that? Y'all don't think like that? Meaning that doesn't say like, oh, we better than them. We just think we the ones. We them ones. That stuff resonates because when they go on to win it, and obviously he comes on the stage when they're doing the, you know, when they doing the uh the, the rings or when they're doing like the celebration, that mentality resonates. All it takes is one. You know, that the whole why not us and all these type of different things. Every team how hard has a, a thing. How hard of a role is that to step? And again, I'm gonna say I'm not I'm gonna say there's guys on this team that probably should say, guys, we're better than this. Let's pick it up because we're entering a stretch where we should win. And I know baseball players don't think about that because it's not once a week, it's every day. But I think when you're in your stretch, go, guys, this is a point in our season where we got to step it up and we got we to gotta raise our level of play against some teams that we should beat. I think a Max Fried is a guy. I think a Ozzie Albies is a guy. I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's not necessarily what you've done, but I do think a lot of guys have, 
I'm going to say sat back, but when yeah. you have a guy like Freddie Freeman who's taken a lot of the slings and arrows for you and a guy that's able to say, guys, I've been here in the 100 lost seasons and I've been here, this is what we need to do and turn it around. I'm not, again, I'm not yelling, I'm not yeah. great, but this is us. This is, uh, the, we're in here. Who is that? How difficult is it to say I haven't been that guy and now it's my turn? That's not something that I think a lot of guys are comfortable with. Like, I've been the guy that's kind of been to the side going, yeah, I agree with you, I agree. And now you want me to be the guy that's standing in front of the team going, this is the way we're going to do it. I haven't been that guy. How hard is it to do that when that hasn't been been you? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's extremely hard. It's extremely Cause hard. Because we, 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 we throw that back. It's like, but, hey, everybody's going to be – just yeah, be a leader. That's a hard thing to do. Thing, right? This thing, right? I, I, it, once again, it's not so much you saying, oh, we got to do this. It's, it's not that I, we got to do it, we got to do this. You know? My senior year in college was my best year in college, you know, as an individual player, but it was my funnest year because of what happened. You know, so at the end of the day, we were three and three. We just we we are three and three. We just lost to Ole Miss. We are three and three, and we got to go to LSU. We got to go. Our our next five games was LSU, Arkansas, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Georgia. That was our next stretch of games. What our recent one being at LSU with eighteen year old quarterback. We had an all team meeting, right? We all going through all these veterans talking. Me, Gus, Bob McCray, Max Starks, everybody talking. An eighteen year old Chris Leak said, "We don't got to do this, fellas." We lost because of me. That won't happen no more. We lost today because of me. We don't got to do all this. It's because of me. Y'all trying to not say what you really want to say. You don't want to blame it on me because I'm the youngest. This will not happen again because of me. We went on a five-game win streak. We lost. We won all five. LSU lost one game that year. They beat. They lost us. I'm telling you, it's not who you – it's the unusual suspect because if I say something, well, I'm a senior. All these seniors talking, here come the true fresh, true freshman, by the way. Hey fellas, we don't got we got up and left. Like in a sense, we go all right because in that because I think before that it was offense rule for the offense, defense rule for the defense, hoping it happens. After that point, we became a team. The great Willie Jackson said, "Got on the plane with us and said, being troop, don't worry, because if y'all lose LSU, don't even come back to Gainesville, because we've never seen a three and four and all that one of the five one at Arkansas, one at South Carolina, one one on the road against LSU, beat uh beat us uh Vanderbilt at home and obviously beat Georgia. I'm telling you. Who says it has a lot to do? And if it's an unusual suspect, Kevin, because sometimes you don't know what you got. If you were brave, if you the cool, you know, those guys, all you know is winning. And you think it's just going to happen. No, it ain't going to just happen, man. We are the World Series champs. We're going to get everybody's best. And depending on if it comes from a, a, a Marcel or Jansen or, or Matt Olson, that stuff resonates, man, because you're getting a different perspective from guys that either had controversy with Marcel or newcomers of yeah. Jansen and obviously Matt Olson. I mean, again, I know it's a fine line yeah. in the clubhouse, and maybe more so in a professional situation because I think depending on how you say it and who it's coming from, it could also be like, listen, man, appreciate what you're saying, but – Listen, who, that's, who are you? And maybe that's it, a losing listen, clubhouse when it, when mentality. It, it come, I don't when know. When it comes to models or whatever, I mean, I've heard it all. I've heard. We, I mean, I live by the we all we got, we all we need. I, I you know, I, I, I live, I live by the, you know, what I'm saying, you know, I mean, you know, one heartbeat. But when I had when I had a coach stand up and say, you know, you know, I mean, you know, he said, uh, he said, win, lose, or draw, we want it all. He said, he said, win, lose, or draw, we want it all. He said, we are not here to pick sides. We are here to take over. That's all you need to hear. He said, we are not here to pick sides. We're here to take over. Some of y'all don't practice like you're trying to take over. You're picking sides. We don't pick sides. We take over. And I'm telling you, Billy Donovan came in. He kept pulling all these uh, rubber bands off. He said, one rubber band by itself, you could break it. He said, you put the same rubber bands together, you can't break it. I'm telling you, that stuff makes all the difference in the world. I don't know who's going to say it, 
But the quicker you say it, the but, quicker we but, know what the But I think is. we all look at this Braves team and feel like there's more, right? There's, yes, there's more. This, this is a team that's under 500, and a lot of people are sitting there going, why? Yes. Why? Like, th- this team is too good to be where they're at. And now you're entering a stretch, Ben, where, we, again, oh, oh, this, month, this, 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 this next month again. This might be the deciding factor for the rest of the season. Because, again, you're, if you come out of this on the downsides, like, you're going through a stretch, Marlins, Rockies, Dime, I mean, I, I just say it all. They, go look at the standings. These are all teams that are not good. They are dead last. They're like, there is a lot of opportunity for this Braves team. I hope they take advantage of it. Again, Charlie Morton going to get it started tonight against Trevor Rogers. Braves usually play pretty good against the, uh, the Marlins. We'll see if that continues. Again, you're eight games back of the Mets starting tonight. Mets, no DeGrom, no Max Scherzer, no uh, Tyler McGill. So three of their starting five are out for a good while. We'll see if that uh, has any effect here with the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, as well. And they are a half game behind the Marlins, so you could jump into third if you play well coming up tonight. That's going to do it for us. Braves and Marlins are coming up a little earlier start there in South Florida. Have a great weekend. Ben, we will see you on Monday, and we'll get back at it here on 3 and Out. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or uh, you can go to ESPNCoastal.com. Braves and Marlins coming up next.